Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Itty Walk podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Again, good morning. I'd just like to say thank you to Abriana for filling in last week and preaching a great message. Laura and I got to get away for the weekend, and it was a good weekend. Not that I'm surprised it was, but it was a wonderful weekend together. This morning, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 17. We'll read verses 24 to 27. Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. After Jesus and His disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own sons or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the sons are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, And you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. And in that, Lord, there's so much grace. And Lord, thank you that you know our every need. And you, out of your glorious riches, supply our every need. So Lord, may you help us trust you in the highs and the lows and all of life. I I praise you that we can trust you. So Lord, may you bless the message. Uh, May your word speak to our hearts. May we allow your word and your spirit to do the work in us, to change us. Because we've been in your presence and obeyed. And Lord, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Anxiety high lately? Those are teachers laughing, just so you know. Not sure what to expect in the days ahead? Things maybe seem a little uncertain? Seven words to hold on to for life, but especially 
this season of your life. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. You know this is the fifth Sunday of the month. And on the fifth Sunday of the month, we spend some time in a hymn. Let me start by telling you Louisa's story. Louisa, she was born in Dover, England back in 1850. And she became a Christian at the age of nine. She felt the call to be a missionary during her teenage years. And when she was 21, she came to the United States of America. Cincinnati, actually. And no, that wasn't the mission field she felt she was called to. That's just where the Lord led her. And while she was at a camp meeting up in Urbana, Ohio, at the age of 21, that's where she committed to the Lord and answered the call to be a missionary. And she felt called to China. Problem was, she wasn't in the best of health. And that kept her from going as soon as she wanted to go. A few years later, when she was 25, she married a guy named Mr. Stead. I'm tempted to tell a joke I'm going to get in trouble for later. No, I better not do it. Okay, Mr. Stead was her steed and he was a stud. <laughs> anyway, Mr. Stead and, and Louise, they had a little girl and they named her Lily. One day when Lily was four years old, the family decided to go down to the beach, Long Island Sound down in New York. And uh, while they were eating their picnic lunch, they heard cries for help. And when they looked out into the water, there was a little boy who was drowning. So immediately, Mr. Mr. Stead, I wanted to say Steed, Mr. Stead, he, he jumped up and he ran into the water. But as the boy was panicking and drowning in the struggle... He took Mr. Stead down with him while his wife and four-year-old daughter witnessed it on the shoreline. Shortly after this tragedy, Louisa and Lily went to South Africa. God had opened the doors for her to be a missionary in Africa. So they went to South Africa and they served there for 15 years. While she was there... Louisa met and married a local preacher, a Methodist preacher, by the name of Robert Woodhouse, or Wodehouse. But during the transition, in the early days of their missionary service in South Africa, while the, the grief was still fresh, the Lord gave her some words that she wrote down. She was still struggling with the why. And if you haven't struggled with the why in your relationship with God, then you're struggling with the lie. <laughs> because I think we all struggle with the why. Why, Lord, did this have to happen? Why are we going through this? 
While Louisa was struggling with the why, the Lord answered with seven words that she turned into a hymn. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." How about some fun with numbers? If you've never played the game Wits and Wagers, I highly recommend it. The family and church gave that game to us as a gift about six or seven years ago, and we pulled it out again this week. It's a game where you, you, you have to answer questions that are all based on numbers, like how many people do we have in church today? And whoever guesses the closest number is the winner. Then you have different chips. You have two, a 2.1, a 1.1, and whoever has the most points at the end, who's guessed the closest to the numbers, wins. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail, isn't it? It's a fun game. These would be good wits and wager questions, or answers, actually. When you sing the entire song, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, the way it is written," the name Jesus is sung 25 times. How about that? I thought it was cool how I was going to mention that. And did you notice how many times we sang the name of Jesus when we worshiped with Trimble? There is power in the name of Jesus. And many of you are familiar with this hymn. The first verse of the hymn is, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord.'" Well, you can probably tell there we're speaking King James language. Well, what Bible did Louisa have back in 1815? She didn't have the message She didn't even have the NIV. It was the King James Version. And you know how many times, thus saith the Lord, is in the Old Testament in the King James? 413. We can trust the Lord and what He says. Well, if you fast forward to the New Testament and the Scripture we read this morning, it's been a busy time in the life of Jesus and His ministry and and especially His disciples. Peter was just on the mountain with Jesus when He was transfigured. They came down from the mountain and there was a boy who had a demon. And no matter what the disciples did, they couldn't cast out the demon. That'd be a frustrating day at work, wouldn't it? You kind of feel discouraged, unsuccessful. Jesus, you did it all the time. How come we can't do it? And he said, Your faith. Even disciples of Jesus who were with him physically, they struggle with their faith. So don't beat yourself up if you do. It's okay. Then after that. Peter and the other disciples heard Jesus talk about how he would have to go to Jerusalem. He would be betrayed. And after he was betrayed, he would be killed. But on the third day, raised to life. And we're told by Matthew that after the disciples heard this, they were filled with grief. 
And if that wasn't bad enough, they were unsuccessful in the casting out of the demon, then they were filled with grief. When Peter gets home, before he even gets in the door, the tax guy shows up. The tax guy shows up. So we're going to go back to that encounter with Peter and the tax guy and then Jesus' response. But before we do, I just want to give you a heads up what to expect. We're talking about the hymn, "'Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." If that wasn't the title of my message this morning, this would be. "'Tis So Sweet." Why so sweet? There's three reasons we find in Matthew 17. Three reasons why it's so sweet to trust in Jesus. First of this, Jesus knows what's going on in our lives. Let me read verses 24 and 25. Matthew chapter 17. After Jesus and His disciples arrived in Capernaum, the tax collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, so I want you to notice Peter's outside the house, Jesus is in the house. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon? He asked. From whom do the kings of earth collect duty and taxes? From their own sons or others? How about that? Jesus knew what they were talking about, even though He wasn't outside a part of the conversation. He was fully human and fully God, wasn't He? He's Jesus! He knows what's going on in our lives. Let me tell you about the discussion, one of the discussions we had in the office at church this week. I am not God. Erica is not God. Guess what? You are not God. We're not God. God is God. And God is on a different level than we are. He is outside of time and our understanding of it. I mean, think about what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 1. It's actually God who says, Before I formed you, I knew you. My girls all have different personalities. I did not know those personalities before they were born. Because I'm not God. But guess who did know their personalities before they were born? God. See, He's He knows us. He knows what's going on in our lives. Isn't it funny how we think, oh, I, I can hide this from God. <laughs> or maybe I shouldn't tell God because, oh, I would just be so ashamed. Well, you're not going to surprise Him. One of my favorite preachers in Texas, he talks about how, did you ever consider that nothing ever occurred to God? <laughs> He's God. He's God and He knows what's going on in our lives. 
He knows what's going to happen tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now. He knows. He's already there. I don't know about you, but that sounds like it's worthy of trust, isn't it? We can trust Him because He knows what's going on. We can also trust Him because He's going to be true. Jesus will always be true to who He is while He's taking care of our needs. Imagine that. Jesus has integrity. But we really see it here in verses 25 and 26. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked? From whom do the kings of earth collect duty and taxes? From their sons or from others? Well, from others, Peter answered. Then the sons are exempt, Jesus said to him. Just for the record, technically, Jesus didn't have to pay the temple tax. Now you might be thinking, wait a second, Nathaniel. Are you telling, telling us Jesus should have broke the law? No, no. There's much more under the surface of what Jesus is talking about here. If you flip back to Matthew chapter 12, you see that Jesus tells His disciples that one greater than the temple has arrived. Who's He talking about? He's talking about Himself. He's the one greater than the temple. Think of another conversation He had with the Pharisees when He said, You destroy this temple, and again I will rebuild it in three days. He did. Not the temple they thought He was talking about, but the holiest of all temples. So and then consider the question that Jesus asked Peter. Who pays the taxes? The kings? Do you think the king's sons or their subjects? And of course, Peter said, from others. Now consider whose son Jesus is. Can you see why he wouldn't have had to pay his tax? But he did pay his tax, didn't he? And he paid Peter's. That's because who he is. I want you to hear verse 27. I want you to hear why Jesus paid the tax. But, so that we may not offend them. Time out! Isn't that just like Jesus? The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And the Greek word for offend there means to cause somebody else to stumble. How would it look if this teacher that everybody knew decided not to pay his taxes? Might have caused others not to put their faith in him, huh? He was considering others... more than His own right as the Son. Isn't that just like Jesus? The Son, the one greater than the temple, paid anyway, so He might not cause any offense. 
Oh, he would have been justified in not paying. But he paid. And he did, he did so in a miraculous way, huh? Occasionally I might find somebody else's hook in a fish, but I've never found money. And if you've ever found money when you went fishing inside a fish's mouth, tell me where that was so we can share it with everybody. You see, we can trust Jesus because no, He knows what's going on in our lives. And He'll always be true to who He is while He's taking care of our needs. Not only that, He is for us and for others. Verse 27 again. But so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. I know it's a simple truth, but I don't want us to miss it. Do you see how Jesus was taking care of Peter's needs? He supplied the need. He took care of Peter with something as simple as a tax, but he did it in a miraculous way. Did you hear that? I just had an idea. (laughs) Sometimes in our walk with the Lord, we reach a point where God seems to contradict Himself. You think about the, the Israelites... They've been slaves for 400 years. They prayed for a deliverer. Moses came, delivered them. They're heading out. And what happens? They run into the Red Sea, and who's right behind them? But God, you said you were going to deliver us. Now the Egyptians are going to run us through. We would have been better off if we stayed there. We would have lived and ate well, and now we're going to die. And What would you bring us here for? God, seems like you're contradicting yourself. You think about the disciples. The disciples, Jesus put them in a boat and said, go to the other side. And then there was a great storm, wasn't there? And they thought they were going to drown. And then they thought they saw a ghost. Jesus walking out on the water. And then when He got in the boat, after Peter walked on the water, the storm died down. What happened in both situations? In Egypt and on the lake. Even though it seemed like God had contradicted Himself... In the end, God's people knew God in a deeper way. He knew they needed that more than they needed safe journey across. Maybe we need this uncertainty. Maybe we need these these crises. Maybe we need this because God's going to use it for us to know Him and how we can trust Him on a deeper level than we do now. Is so sweet to trust in Jesus. How about we close this morning? Actually, we'll close by singing the hymn and then I have a benediction for you. 
So the praise team is going to come up. We'll have the words on the screen. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Would you stand with me, please? morning for how we can trust you. Thank you for being our precious Savior and friend. Thank you for all the life and rest and joy and peace that's found only in you. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace in the midst of confusion. Lord, you know our every need. You know what's going on in our lives. And Lord, only You can do the miraculous things that You do. 
And I thank You for how when You do what You do in our lives, You help us know You better. So Lord, help us in our faith. Help us in our trust. Help us in our walk with You as we allow that sin and self to be overcome by Your presence in our lives. And Lord, thank You for Your church. Thank You for Your people. And Lord, I pray that many more would come to follow You because of our obedient walk with You. And God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you can take this however you want it, and I encourage you to maybe receive it with open hands like you would receive a gift. You ever see anybody receive a gift like this? But it's challenged by choice if you don't want it, or if you're one of those who don't like to do things outside of your comfort zone. That's okay. But here's the benediction. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Have a blessed week. You're dismissed. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.